Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Let's prepare for the Watkins Glen Cup Series race by reviewing Road America. If we're looking at previous road course races, I want to find a track that is the closest to Watkins Glen, which is a high-speed road course race. That's not going to be Indianapolis or Sonoma or Coda. Those are all more technical tracks. The closest we have to the intermediate track, Road courses, which is often the label for Watkins Glen, whereas Sonoma in the past was always considered the short track of road tracks or the Martinsville of road courses with flat technical turns. Watkins Glen, higher speeds. If we want to find a comparison, we can find that in Road America. The downside is Road America, not even really downside, but if you remember the Road America race, pretty bad, pretty awful. That's just not me being... Normal, negative Nancy. Most people agree that Road America has never been a good track. They just got a track in the Xfinity Series for years because NASCAR was throwing them a bone and they wanted to race up there. Recently, they expanded and they have already decided. They haven't officially announced this yet, but it looks like they're pulling out of Road America. Why would they pull out of Road America? Because the racing is terrible. And it's not a surprise, the racing in the Xfinity Series is terrible. Road America. Uh, they're just turning laps. It's all a big, long, high-speed track. Honestly, the racing Watkins Glen isn't very good either, but they pull in the New York market, so Watkins Glen will always remain. If Watkins Glen draws a big audience, has huge attendance numbers, is a giant party. Watkins Glen is going nowhere based on attendance, party, and New York markets. In terms of racing, if it wasn't for Chase Elliott's recent dominance at Watkins Glen, you probably would not have Watkins Glen anywhere on your calendar. I mean, think about it. Before he, the brand name of NASCAR, started winning races at Watkins Glen, it was yeah, just Watkins Glen. It wasn't going to leave. It wasn't going to go anywhere, but it's not a great race. And that was when there was only two road course races. Think about that. There are only two road courses, and Watkins Glen really never established itself outside of people that live in New York as a good racetrack. So now that we have all these other road courses and ways to look at the different data points, we can see Watkins Glen, joke. Road America, joke. Road America 2022, absolute boring joke. It is a terrible road course for the stock cars, they're going to spread out. They're going to turn laps at Road America. And that's why it is. it looks like the rumors are they're not going back to Road America next year in the Cup Series. And rightfully so. I'm sure their attendance is fine, but it's not a major market. No one's really tuning in. I want to assume Ruiz of Road America. The racing's miserable. I would love to see them get out of Watkins Glen. I would love to see them get out of Road America. I'd love to see them get out of most of these road courses. I would love to see them abandon most of the stages in these road courses. Now that's going to happen. All right, so we're going to review Road America to prepare for Watkins Glen. And so in the beginning, if I said it was a lap turn, it was a snooze, and I would imagine it would be another lap turn and a snooze at Watkins Glen. You can see the top drivers at Road America. You can see the optimal lineup here for Road America. We'll quickly run through the lap-by-lap -lap data, and then we will click quickly run through 
practice versus results. Yes, I'm down in the dungeon again. Yes, I'm on the treadmill again. Yes, wear myself out, but I want to help you build a better Watkins Glen lineup. And Road America is the first place to look. You can look through the notes here. Pretty good, useful data, so you don't have to watch the boring race again. You can get all of this by going to racefortheprize.com. That's race, the number four, theprize.com. Click on the red box. That'll take you to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Be a subscriber, be a supporter. I don't want to pay halfway through the month. Okay, well, then at least start contributing through his super chats. And he promised me he would share those super chats with me. And I'm not watching all of his live streams and keeping tabs on that. So, hey, if you guys can make a note saying, hey, please split this money, share this money. I'm sure he is. But uh, anyway, so here it is. Real quick, if you don't want to spend time going through all the lap-by-lap data, one of the easiest ways in the spreadsheet is to just look at the top five laps. Tyler Reddick, third most laps inside the top five, wins the race. Chase Elliott, most laps inside the top five, finishes second. Kyle Larson, second most, fourth most. Seems pretty static. Seems like there's not a lot of movement. We do get some movement here with A.G. Elmendinger, Kevin Harvick, jumping up the end. Running quickly through. I don't remember there being a caution late in the race. There wasn't. I think what we had just two stage breaks, no cautions whatsoever. And it just looks like AJ Almendinger and Kevin Harvick found their cars at the end, snuck up into the top 10, worked their way forward. Bad starting position is why they had you know poor overall data. They didn't run a lot of laps in top five or top 10. They started in the back, but through the course of where it's 50, 60 laps, they work the way to the front. So passing is not impossible. You can make your way up. But for the most part, the guys that were up front were up front the entire time. That's Road America. It's not necessarily Watkins Glen, but it's a high-speed road course, not a lot of technical turns. Watkins Glen is a high-speed road course, not a lot of technical turns. And this next-gen car if I had to guess, before we have seen practice or qualifying, this is where I'm leaning. You look at the other road courses, that's fine. This is where I'm going to start my research. You do your thing, you do you. Um, worth noting, Chase Elliott had a driver steering issue throughout the race. He's still able to maintain the lead for most of it. Eventually, Chase, or eventually Tyler Reddick is able to pass him, and that's that. And then we're just turning laps. You can look, can see clearly, look, one, two, three, four, five, six, five, seven, eight, nine, whatever. They're not moving. They're not going anywhere. They get pretty spread out. Tyler Reddick was faster than Chase Elliott, but Chase Elliott, before the race, was complaining about how he only had 70% input when turning right. And that would lead me to believe that although he's able to lead all basically stage one and stage two, when it came down to his battle with Tyler Reddick here, in stage three, and Chase Elliott said he didn't think he had a race-winning car. When he loses this lead, and it is through pit cycling, he loses a little bit of the gap, but Reddick was right with him the entire time. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, well, it was pit cycling that cost him. Reddick had a better car, and when he makes this pass, they're technically not in the lead or whatever. But it's just it's Chase Elliott making a driver error. 
would Chase Elliott make that driver error if his car had, I don't know, 80% input, 85, 90% input? He had an issue at the beginning of the race. He continued. He battled through, let a ton of laps. If his car was where he expected his car to be, I believe he wins this race. With a inferior, inadequate car, a car that, you know, you can't make any adjustments on these things. It's impound. You got what you got. If he, and they talk about this during the race. Alan Gustafson had a plan, but ultimately decided, hey, we can fix this. We can get your steering issue corrected. And teams are having tons of steering box issues this season with the changes that have been made to the next gen car. We can fix it. But if you come down and we have an extended pit stop to fix it, we'll forfeit too many spots and we will pretty much give up the race. So they tell Chase Elliott, you're just going to have to deal with it. And he does. And he controls stage one. He controls stage two. He controls much of stage three before pit cycling. Tyler Reddick is always there. Eventually, Tyler Reddick gets him. And Tyler Reddick, once he gets into clean air, drives away. Just has a better car. Elliott's a better driver. But Elliott was driving with a car that just was not up to snuff. The rest of the results are fine. You get it, you got it. Do I think that Watkinson will be similar? I don't know. It could be close. But there it is. You can look at the spreadsheet and see the data points to see, well, who performed well at Road America. I would tend to believe, like, if I were looking at Indianapolis or Road America, I would look at Road America if I'm trying to guess who will run well at Watkins Glen. Let's look at the practice data. See if there's some correlation. We have them sorted right now by finishing position. Tyler Reddick was the fastest, or won the race. Where was he in practice? Five-lap average, best. Four laps, because remember, there's only so many data points, so you got to be kind of interesting or different how you pull. So what I did for the Road America race, because we didn't have a lot of laps, I pulled their four best laps, I averaged them out, and ranked them. In terms of five-lap average, Reddick was the fastest. Four-lap average, four best laps. He's the best. Started fourth. He wins the race. I would say that is a point for team practice correlates with finishing position, which has tended to be the case this season. This is Road America. This isn't every road course. This isn't every intermediate or short track. But we have seen that the intermediates and the short tracks, that's been the case. And the other road courses, we could look at those, but if I were to pull one, it's going to be this one. It's the most similar in composition to Watkins Glen. Let me interrupt this break for a advertisement that tells you to go to racefortheprize.com. Click on that red box at the top right of your screen. There's a helmet. Patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Please consider supporting the channel. Please consider, at the very least, going to his live shows and throwing in some money with them. Super Chats, number two on our sheet, Chase Elliott qualifies first. Second most fantasy points. Having that number one qualifying position, kind of a big deal when we know that even outside of Road America, Indianapolis, Coda, Sonoma, hell, even the intermediate tracks, the short tracks, the everything tracks, it's hard to pass in this car. Track position, track position, track position, just the sheer fact that you're able to get track position means that 
you've got speed in your car. You don't fluke your way onto the pole. You have to have demonstrated that you have a fast car. And look, maybe I'll listen to a conversation about people getting lucky and winning a pole at an intermediate track or maybe even a short track. But if you can sit on the pole at a road course, not only do you have a good car and I can forget about your poor practice times, which in reality is five laps. Like I can have no problem dismissing, oh, well, your lap average wasn't good in practice. You mean my five laps? My five cold laps in practice weren't good? Well, you know what matters? The one lap I ran in qualifying where I was the fastest car in the in world. But you, you're going to hold the five practice laps against me? The five practice laps that count for nothing? You're going to weigh those when you're deciding whether I'm a good DFS play? But when I had to run and lap that actually mattered, actually two laps, I had to get out of my round, I did that. And when I had to beat the best of the best, I did that. You're not going to count those because you say, oh, but your average lap in practice wasn't very good. I have no problem dismissing him being, what, 21st fastest. Well, he was 21st fastest. Yeah, but he was also the fastest when it freaking mattered. Which are you going to weigh? Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. But it's five-lap average. Well, probably because... One of these laps were slow. If we went through the lap-by-lap data, he might have been okay overall. Maybe he wasn't. The data wasn't that great. But when it mattered, when he had to nail the entry and exit of every single one of those turns in Road America and get maximum speed in every single spot, twice he did it both times. He got into the next round, and then he qualified first. Two laps versus what? Maybe five laps in practice. So technically, you could argue, well, practice doesn't correlate with what he did in the race. Sure, if this were an intermediate track or a short track, we could probably have that conversation about, well, yeah, he ran 40 laps of practice. He got hot during a qualifying run. But when we're talking about four or five laps in practice that are really just warm-up laps, qualifying is much more significant. It's much more of a reflection of the actual speed of your car. So for, for these purposes, we will say not really practice correlation with races. We're going to say qualifying slash practice correlation with the races because we're talking about very few laps and we're talking about nailing 10, 11, 12 turns. So yeah, correlation is there. Kyle Larson, yeah, the correlation is there. And even the practice data is there. He doesn't win the race, but he's right behind these two guys the entire time. Ross Chastain, you can, though obviously the practice correlation is there. He's very fast in practice. In his qualifying position of 12th, there's a clue there. He just missed out. Possibly he was in a tough round. Possibly, I'd have to go through the data. His session was a brutal session. All of the good cars possibly, or maybe he had Reddick and Larson or whoever in his group. And so he just missed out getting that second group. You have to go through that data. I am making an assumption with that 12 spot. <clears throat> like obviously, he just missed out. Regardless of whether his 
group was tough or not, he just missed making that next group. Maybe he gets that next group and he should have qualified fifth. Looking at his speeds, he probably should have qualified fifth. Looking at his finishing position. And then Suarez, you probably could say the same thing. Well, hey, both these guys, track house, very strong at all the road courses. They're strong at Road America. Very strong at Indianapolis. Remember, Road America was before Indianapolis. You go fast forward to Indianapolis. Dan Suarez is up there at the end. Tyler Reddick wins the freaking race. Of course, they're going to be fast again this week. Of course, they were fast in practice here. Of course, they probably just barely missed qualifying. They got the results. <clears throat> so, so far, we're five drivers in. I would say what you would have seen in qualifying slash practice was very reflective or indicative of what you were going to see in the race. Chris Bosher qualifies seventh fast in practice, finishes in sixth position. Check the box for qualifying in practice. Austin Cedric qualifies fifth. He runs in the top five. He finishes seventh. Check the box. Now, he also was hurt in Road America because he ran long because he was point chasing. This is worth noting. <clears throat> May not be the case because Kevin Harvick won again. But Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, both point raced at Road America because if too many guys win, those guys are on the bubble and they could get balanced out even though they have won a race. So they need points. They can't forfeit those points. They will likely run long. And that's going to prevent Austin Sendrick or Chase Briscoe likely from leading a bunch of laps, running a bunch of fast laps, something to keep in the back of your mind. McDowell, fast qualifying, fast practice, fast in the race. A.J. Allmendinger, looks like he missed it in qualifying. May not have had the car in practice, but he is A.J. Allmendinger. They made the adjustments, got ready for the race. Kevin Harvick, they missed it, they missed it. They got it together in the race. So those are definitely not correlations. But they're also drivers who have seasoned. I mean, A.J. Allmendinger, you're not really worried. If anyone's going to figure it out, he'll figure it out. You weren't going to overreact to A.J. Allmendinger's qualifying practice. Maybe Harvick, but again, it's another guy with plenty of experience. I would have to go back into it and see exactly what happened to him in qualifying or in practice. Blaney... Around 10th place car in practice, he finishes 11th. And Bowman, so for the most part, I think what we see here is there is a strong correlation between qualifying practice. I don't need to belabor the moment. You get it. You can go through it as well. That's where I would start my early week research with Rodeman. Well, one, you just want to familiarize. First of all, I would familiarize myself with all of the road course data, which you can get. And I've got a video already posted help you out with that and you can see just what people have been doing at road courses forever or just looking at what have you done at road courses in 2022 like for example chase elliott fourth eighth second 16th although the 16th at indianapolis he was on the front row before the last caution a better picture of what they were doing is to look at the real rating and that is a comprehensive comprehensive synthesis of their lap by lap data. And it's from a scale of 0 to 100, 8, 7, 8, 9, 1, 8, 4. Overall, this season, if we look at real rating at all four road courses, Chase is at the top, although Tyler Reddick would likely be the best if it wasn't for a poor Sonoma race. That's where I would start. Then I would go to Road America. You can also look at it and see, like, 
positions gained on runs, like Ryan Blaney in the last stage gains 12 spots. But I believe that's because he runs to the end of the stage. I can't remember exactly. you got to be careful with these data points. You're going to want to go look at the lap-by-lap data to get a specific idea of how the cycling and everything works so that there's nothing too funky. Just give a general idea of spots gained. That's not really something I'm absolutely going to be in love with, but I will start here with real rating, which I've already done the video. You can check that out on my YouTube page, racefortheprize.com, patreon.com, slash DFS. And then the second thing I'll do is look at Road America. Thanks for joining me, guys. Appreciate you. Have a good one. I'm wearing out.